Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman alongside my tag team partner, Matt Story, and it is a somber day at the Sportscast because there was more bad Tiger news. And Matt, this is your chance to filibuster about whatever you want. I'm not going to filibuster. I'm going to I'm gonna do what I wish more people would do. And, you know, when, instead of saying, I don't want to play amateur psychologist and then going on and playing amateur psychologist i'm not gonna um you know i mean it's it's uh it's unfortunate uh you know i was uh i guess to an extent i was relieved um and you know when he came last night or his statement came out you know alcohol wasn't involved and the first thing i thought was man i hope you're not lying because it's gonna get found out so just to see that you know he he uh you know tested point zero zero on the breathlessers up what he said um you know and, and that's that's good i mean it's not a good situation but uh you know when you find yourself in trouble the worst thing you can do is lie about that trouble that just makes it worse so um you know i guess i was happy to hear that in some ways um you know i just i i hope for the best for him you know i mean i'm a fan is and i've identified myself that, that way for over two decades and We'll continue to, um, no matter what, and and you know I, I I hope this is just one of those you know mistakes that people make and can move on from it. But I'm you know I'm not going to do what I heard on talk radio this morning. And, you know, theorize that life is in shambles because he can't play. We don't know. We don't know. You know, we, we don't know what he's like behind the scenes. Um, we don't know what all these people are like behind the scenes. We like to think we do. But we don't, and so that—that's all. Um, you know, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm sad about it, but you know, I—I I just hope that he can, you know, find his way back, whether that's at golf or not. Um, you know, I just—you know—you'd like to just see the guy be able to have a, a good life, whether or not he, you know, ever gets back to winning golf tournaments. Yeah, the—the the thing about all this that has bothered me in terms of the coverage has been the fact that it puts these guys in an awkward position where they're asked to comment on it. You know, I saw, yeah. I saw like, Jack Nicholas gave a comment. And, right. You know, I, I'm sure they'd rather just not address it because it's not their life. But, right. you know, right. you're, you're yeah. kind of, yeah. that's I mean, not an option, I guess. I guess it's not. And, and you know, I mean, I, I think you, you kind of come with the, with the general response like Jack Nicholas gave. Um, but yeah, I agree, and you know, and I get it. It's, you know, this is the sports talk world we live in, and you know. But I listened to Dan Patrick this morning, who I like, you know. But he, you know, starts out with the preface, you know, well, I don't, I don't want to play armchair psychologist, and then proceeds to spend the entire first segment doing just that. Um, you know, well, I just think, you know, he can't play golf anymore. He can't win his way out of this mess, and that all may be true. But I, I it bothers me, and it's not just with Tiger Woods; it's in general. It's it's like sometimes we're we're like we're wanting to write the you know gripping sports documentary as it's happening. We want the ones who are in touch with the guy's feelings, you know. Like I just the Ryan Leaf one that was on last weekend, and it was really good. Um, and and it's almost like with this Tiger Woods story, it's like everybody wants to to you know have it going in live time and we just don't know where it's going to go from here as we don't with anybody uh you know but but uh, you know there were a lot of rushes to to you know pile on him yesterday 
and and then we find out that oh well he wasn't drinking and all the immediate analysis of how something that rich get drunk and drive well he he wasn't uh, so I get you know I guess it also is should be a word of caution toward jumping to conclusions but it won't make any difference because the next time somebody gets in trouble we'll do the exact same thing. I mean, part of it, I have to say, is, you know, it's a misunderstanding of what constitutes a DUI and how you it can is. be under the influence yeah. of something that's not alcohol. But, right, right, know, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, you hear those letters, and the association goes immediately to drinking, um, and, and, it, and then it goes immediately to how stupid can you be? Um, and, and, look, I've done it, you know, I'm not, but, but I guess it's one of those that it just made me think, you know, well, maybe we just hold off sometimes or all the time when it comes to assessing things immediately why why do we have to assess things immediately let's give it a little space let it breathe and then we'll assess it and then we'll see where it fits but you know a lot of people had a lot of things yesterday that now turn out that they're not they're just not true yeah and also drinking and driving is always dumb let's just be very clear it is it's it not is. what Look, he did i have i have <laughs> i have very little tolerance for it. um you know you know i it just it's it's not something i can see a justification for and and look what he did dangerous as well i mean you know there's there's a you know i just i just watched a levitar tv show and they were talking about how you know when i hear this and it's like you know people are more willing to say oh well that's okay well no it's not okay i mean he you know you could cause the same amount of danger um, but I guess there's, you know, there, there's an element when it comes to drinking and driving that we ascribe how stupid. Well, when you're taking prescription drugs, you know, people don't always know how they mix. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know what he's taken, and that's, you know, not for us to know. But, you know, people do have reactions to medications that they don't expect. And perhaps that's all it was with him. Now, you know, is he lucky? That he didn't, you know, get into an accident and injure himself or injure someone else. Absolutely, he is. Um, as it, you know, same thing with Michael Floyer last year when that all happened. Uh, you know, this is probably the best case scenario. If you're going to fall asleep at the wheel, you know, it could be a whole lot worse. Um, but I just think, you know, those those are rushes. I mean, I read it yesterday. Oh my God, how much money he's got and he couldn't call an Uber. Well. You know, maybe he didn't know it was like that. You know, wasn't drinking at a party like we tend to ascribe. You know, that wasn't the case, obviously. Very true. So that's all. Uh, you know, I, I uh, you know, I'm rooting for him, and I always will. Um, and so that's that's all I got to say about that. In the words of him. Well, so we'll pivot now. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs, which we now are at the finals, and it's exciting. It's the same thing you saw last year, which you saw two years ago. But, <laughs> but it's okay because yeah. Kevin Durant's in it now, so it's different. Right, right. Yeah, it's a little bit different. You know, um, first time ever that we've seen the same teams three years in a row. And, you know, I, I guess it's, uh, you know, for me, I always like to think back and put things in perspective a little bit. And like, you know, boy, if you had, if you had said four years ago, you know, that the, we'd see three straight finals with Cleveland and Golden State, I would have thought, wow, how did we get to that point? Because um, for the better part of our, you know, childhood and and through college, except for a little, you know, little run with LeBron the first time around, the, uh, 
these two franchises were just, you know, they weren't very good, especially Golden State. Um, but yeah, we're here now, and they are the dominant teams in the league, at least at this point in the last few years. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I fall sort of in the camp of it's boring to me as a, you know, it's not, neither of these are teams I care about, and so seeing it for the third time, even though they're great teams and this is a matchup yeah. that should be fun, just the idea of seeing it for a third time is not that exciting to me. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fine line with the NBA because I, I've heard a lot of talk, especially in relation to Kevin Durant and going to Golden State, and I was a fan of that move, and I'm still not, but... You know, you hear a lot of hand wring about, oh, is this the death of parity in the NBA? And I think we've talked this before. The NBA has never been about parity. Um, you know, the, the Los Angeles Lakers went to the finals nine times in ten years in the 1980s. Uh, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't think anybody thought, oh, boy, you know, this is just so boring. Um, so, I mean, this is just what the NBA is. It's always been a top-heavy league. It's always been a league of, of dynasties and long-running successes. Um, and now we're in this run and, you know, I think the Durant thing rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, and it, and I was one of them, but you know, do I think it's somehow a, a crisis NBA? I really don't now, you know, I, to me, you've got, got, you know, probably the three biggest stars in the NA in this series, three of the, you know, five or six, I think, regardless of your opinion. I mean, that's what the NBA wants. It's a star league and, and they want their stars on display and they've got it again. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to draw in viewers. I I guess my personal disappointment with it is just that, you know, it, it just feels like everyone said at the start of the season, this is the conclusion we were going to reach. Yeah. And now we're here, yeah. and, you know, the journey here was great, but ultimately, you know, the fun 4-5 series or the Bucks sure raptor series, like, didn't really matter because we knew these no, teams didn't. didn't have a chance. And I, and I think in some ways it was hurt by a, by a few bad breaks. Um, you know, I, I do think, I'm not saying the Spurs would have beaten Golden State, but I do think they would have given them a much more competitive series as a healthy group. I think Washington potentially could have given Cleveland more of a run. And, and I feel differently. If those two series had gone six, seven games, you know, then it, would, it wouldn't quite feel so predictable that these two teams made it here uh, you know, so I, I think in some ways there's just some bad luck obviously even you know you could say the Celtics had injury trouble with Isaiah Thomas getting hurt so you know uh, do I think the series would have gone differently no but they would have been more competitive and that probably hurts and and you know so it does it takes a feel of well everything leading up is meant nothing and that that's not good for the I mean but in, like I said, you know, history tells you that that's kind of always been the case. Um, there's not a ton of upsets in the NBA. There's not a lot of pretty, uh, you know, the dominant teams remain dominant for an extended period of time, and we're just in another cycle of that. True. I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things like I, I, I hope it's a good series. I, you know, I think that I'll wind up taking Golden State to win in six, that's, yeah, that'll be my official pick. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a it's a tough one. I just listened to Will Bond and Kornheiser yell at each other about this, and Will going off about how well LeBron is next to Jordan, and he should never be a underdog. And 
Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a point to be made, but, um, you know, they are. They are the underdog because, you know, Golden State won 67 games and Cleveland won 51, and, and uh, Golden State, you know, was, was a win away last year, and then they add, you know, one of the best players in the league. So I think the natural inclination is, well, you know, how do you beat them? Um, and right well, now, nobody has in the yeah, playoffs. No one's figured so, that out yet. So. so, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, Port had them down big in game three. It couldn't finish in the first course down big in game one. Couldn't finish it. So, uh, you know, they're they're not invincible. They're not rolling over everybody every game. Um, but, you know, you, you've got to you got to take advantage of the opportunity when it's there. And if, you know, especially in these first two games, if Cleveland has a game that, that is, you know, they're, they're up in the fourth quarter, you got to finish that, you know, you just, you got to seize that momentum and, and maybe make them doubt. If you could beat them in game one, you know, put some doubt in their mind of, Oh man, you know, what do we have to do to get past this team? You know, and, and are we, are we comfortable with Mike Brown as the coach? That hasn't been a story because it, needed to be but you know if they lose the game all of a sudden that becomes a story well, is Mike Brown really cut out to coach at this championship level um, so you know we'll see it'll be it'll be interesting there will there will likely be huge swings in the way the series is covered whoever wins game one will be clearly on their way to winning the title until you know potentially they lose game two and then it'll be flipped right back around and you know because the series is so drawn out now with extra days off uh, you know, the overreactions to every little thing will be on a grand scale. Yeah. I I think that the Mike Brown subplot will be beaten to death in game one. It, it, it will be, yeah. I mean, and, and, and I really believe it will be, especially if they lose a close game early in this series. You know, if you lose a game where, you know, there's, there's a substitution question or a strategy question, uh, people will jump on that of, well, this guy, is he really ready this moment? It hasn't, you know, I mean, it's kind of amazing. It hasn't been a story, but they haven't lost. Uh, you know, so I think we're just there waiting, saying, show some vulnerability, and then we'll jump on that. Yeah. Something will happen, and then we can all mock it. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, so, you know, it will uh, It'll be fun. Uh, I'm rooting for Cleveland. Because I just can't see Golden State anymore, and and I did I did lose some some wreck for Kevin Durant. I just I, I can't help but feel that this move just feels dirty to me to to go to the that you almost beat. Um, you know, I got no problem with a guy being a free agent wanting to go to to where he wants to go. I, you know, it doesn't bother me, but it's just something that doesn't feel right about this one when you had the beaten last year. You let them off the hook, and then you go join them. It just, I don't know, rubbed me the wrong way, and it still does. So I will hope that Cleveland can find a way to beat him again. On the flip side of that argument, though, is we tell these guys, you know, at the end of your career, we will look at MVPs, All-Stars, but none of it will matter if you don't win a title. Right. No, I agree. I mean, it's a, it's a product of the obsession on individual championships, which I – personally don't like i don't like that we've gotten so much to this point where that's the only thing and we count them and if this guy has six and this guy has four therefore the guy with six so it's just it's a team game 
individuals don't win championships. This is not golf or tennis. Uh, you know, they play a big part, certainly, you know, I mean, you know, but, but where do we draw the line? You know, do we give Kobe those five titles or do we take away three because he had Shaq for the first three? Uh, you know, I mean, it just, it kind of becomes, uh, you know, a, a contest that they can't be solved. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I mean, that, that is absolutely it. We've, we've, uh, put pressure on that you've got to win a championship. You've got to win a bunch of championships. And so, you know, going the easy way, uh, you know, is attractive, no doubt. So we've got uh, a number of quick hitter topics to jump to now. Yeah. Um, The first is the Penguins are up 1-0 in the Stanley Cup. My brother-in-law is happy. A guy from Nash- yeah. a Nashville guy got charged with a crime for throwing a catfish on the ice. Um, <laughs> I saw that. So you know, hockey's happening. There's still hockey. Yeah, I watched a, a portion last night. A strange game. I think I heard Pittsburgh went 37 minutes without a shot on goal and won the game. Uh, don't, don't see that off at it. You know, I, I thought of it toward the end of the game. It was like one of those baseball games where you know. Team gets out hit fourteen to two, but they score three runs, and the other team scores two, and they end up winning. And they, how did that happen? But that's hockey can do that. So can baseball. They're they're kind of uh, a little more prone to uh, a fluke result here or there. It's all about efficiency. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> five goals on twelve shots apparently, and and uh, Nashville, I think, outshot them by you know by at least double, probably more than that. And came back from 3-0 down. Thought they were going to win when they tied it. You know, like they, they were outplaying them. But, but yeah, Pittsburgh kind of stole one there. It'll be interesting to see if it was a fluke or maybe Nashville lost their best chance to, to you know, get ahead in the series. You don't, you don't quite know yet. Could, could be Nashville rolls in this series and think, well, they should have swept this series because they dominated game one and lost. Or it could be maybe, you know, Pittsburgh stole one and now they're going to, you know, cruise the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, on Major League Baseball, Bryce Harper and Hunter Strickland got in a really fun baseball fight. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Suspensions got handed down today. Uh, four games for the position player, six games for the relief yeah. pitcher. That math checks out to me. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would go along with the people who feel like, you know, the pitcher should get a lot more. Um, because he, you know, he threw at him over apparently a three-year-old grudge. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big Bryce Harper fan, but I feel like, you know, I'd been okay if Hunter Strickland got, you know, 12 to 15 games. Well, and Harper's point, I think, was valid, which is I don't know what he's mad about. They won the series. They wound up going to the World Series that year against the exactly. Royals. Exactly, yeah, they won the World Series. <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean... Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, look, I, I can hold a grudge with the best of, it's one of my strengths, um, but I feel like uh, that is a little bit petty to hold on to something for three years in a series that you won and and make a big deal of it, but hey, you know, I, maybe if I was him, I'd do the same. Now, the, the mini controversy, or maybe the 1A controversy of that whole incident is apparently... Buster Posey's not sprinting out to go tackle Bryce Harper. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, so well, I have. You tell me what you think, and then I'll tell you what I think. So I have a theory. 
Buster Posey is pretty much unquestionably the leader of the Giants. And I think that what was happening there, if, I, I, if I'm giving the benefit of the doubt based on the kind of reputation he has, is right. there was a conversation where he said before the game or before the season or something, don't do this. This is over. And Could when be. he did yeah. it, he's like, all right, well, I'm not – this is not my problem anymore. I'm not going to – yeah, yeah, I mean – yeah, and I've, I've uh, you know, I've heard that mentioned that that was him basically saying, hey, it's your fight, you, you know, you wanted to make a deal of it. I, I guess I thought of it from a slightly different perspective. Um, it reminded me a little bit of, and I've seen this, where a quarterback throws an interception and he goes after the guy to make a tackle and gets hurt. Andy Dalton a couple of years ago is the one that comes to mind. And you hear, what is he doing? He needs to just be smart and not go make a tackle. But then when he doesn't go make a tackle, we ridicule the guy. Oh, showed no effort. See that that, you know, like if Buster Posey goes out there and he breaks his hand or he hurts his back or something in a big brawl, then we're saying, man, this guy needs to be smarter. He is the MVP of this team. They're struggling. They're going to need him. What is he doing getting in a fight? But then when he doesn't go, we make fun of him for, you know, oh, well, he didn't have any interest. Like it doesn't bother me at all. Be smart. You know, you don't need to risk your getting in that fight. I didn't. Didn't make me upset in the least. I will say this. I'm more interested in a Harper-Strickland uh, Las Vegas title fight than Mayweather versus McGregor. So that's just me. That's <laughs> yeah. one man's opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and one of unintentionally funny parts of that is Bryce Harper looking like to throw his helmet at the guy and instead throwing it like into right field. It was bizarre. I, I, don't, I don't know what he was doing. You know look like a throw that my mom would make and i you know i mean she won't listen to this but if she did she'd agree like that's how she throws where she throws is going nowhere close to where it's supposed to go yeah i i i like if you give him the benefit of the doubt he was he had decided i'm not you know i'm not gonna do this yes like halfway it almost through looked the like throw. he wanted to and then st- yeah like you know when a when a guy you know checks up on what he wants to throw and it just slips out of his hand but it was kind of nonetheless, because, you know, it looked like a guy who'd never thrown anything before in his life. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to the final point, which is ASU, so everybody else can just turn it off. Although, maybe I'll tell, like, a yeah. really, uh, really good joke or something that you we never would know. stick around yeah. for. Probably not, but maybe. Today might be that yeah. day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, ASU secondary was a, a big problem the last two seasons, and... Perhaps the one quote-unquote bright spot was Kareem Moore in that, you know, he he had a lot of interceptions as a freshman, and, you know, when you're the smartest guy, at, or the uh, funniest guy, right. coolest guy at shenanigans, he's, uh, right. you know, he was the best of a bad secondary. And in the last week, Armand Perry announces he's retiring from football, and then out of nowhere today, Kareem Moore announced that he is done with ASU, he's transferring yeah. to FCS Tennessee Chattanooga to be closer to home. Yeah. Which, yeah. Sam yeah. Cunliffe, I mean, when you want to move closer to home, that's what it looks like. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally caught off guard by that news. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I'd love to know if there's more to the story. You know, does he have some sort of family issue? Uh, have a falling out with the coaching staff? I mean, it's... it's uh, 
it's a very strange development to, you know, go from being a two-year starter at a Pac-12 school um, and then deciding before your junior year, you know, when, when you know, you're theoretically still on the upswing. It's not like he's a fifth-year senior and he's being passed by on the depth chart um, to go, you know, play FCS ball. It's, it's a head-scratcher. You just don't see that type of thing very often, if ever, in college football. You see a lot of, you know, okay, uh, you know, like we talked about with L. Jefferson. That made sense. Been passed by, you go closer to home, player last year. Okay. But, yeah, this one is a shocker, and I'm not quite sure what to make of it right now. Yeah, all I can say is that it doesn't seem like a good thing because, uh, you know, now you're looking at Maurice Chandler, Jamarcus Rhodes being critical to the secondary. Yeah. And you're looking for a lot of redshirt freshmen and true freshman contributions, which, you know, maybe that bodes well for three years from now. You know, yeah, when, when yeah, Ryan I mean, Kelly's it, leading um, the team, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, um, as you said, you know, it, it wasn't a position of strength. And whenever I look at a situation like that and, you know, you, you lose guys for whatever reason, you know, sometimes I feel like, well, you know, if things were that bad, um, I'm not going to, you know, get too upset about one guy leaving or two guys leaving or whatever. And I am keeping that in mind because, you know, it's it's not like we're losing, you know, two great players from a from a really good group. How are we ever going to do without that? Well, can't get much worse than we last year. Uh, so, you know, I'm not I'm not going to get too down. But but, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's going to make that group very, very young. They're already probably going to be, you know, leaning in that direction. Um, but yeah, a lot of these kids that, that, uh, either were here in the spring or they're just getting here now and for, you know, summer workouts, they're gonna have to play, you know, we, we recruited heavy at that spot. I can't remember the final numbers, but I know we got a lot of, a lot of DBs and they're going to get their chance to play right away. So hopefully they're up to it. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely a, a note for Phil Bennett whatever you're doing didn't win over the guy who everyone expected to be the leader of the secondary. So either this is, well, I mean, this could be his Todd Graham moment when Graham got here and was like, yeah, I don't really care about any of what happened before. If you're good, bad, you're suspended, whatever. But man, it's, it's risky because you might only be, you might only get this year. So Yes, yes. I mean, that's the that's the thing. Like, uh, no matter what, um, you know, it's it's a bit of a put up or shut up year. Um, not in not in the sense of you got to win a conference title or something like that, but um, you do have to show improvement. And I don't, you know, I mean, honestly, uh, this is an extreme, but I don't care if you're throwing all walk ons out. You better find a way to win. Um, you know, we've had two years of of losing reps. And three years of losing records equals you shouldn't get a chance at a fourth. So um, you better just find a way to make it work. You know, you, you, you've recruited guys and going to have to get them out there and, and get them playing and, and, you know, like I said, make it work somehow, some way. Uh, this is why Todd Graham gets paid a lot of money and it's why they've dated a lot of money to let him hire assistants. Find a way. And, you know, better to lose a guy in May than lose him in October. Now you've got a chance to figure out what you want to do and and go through fall practice with the group that you're going to have. 
Um, it's tough replacing mid-season when they get hurt or like that. You know, that's, that's harder to do. So, got plenty of time. Figure something out. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they, they're, it, it's not panic-inducing. They can't practice right now anyway. But right. that actually is what scares me because I assume that everyone had penciled him in to either start at safety or corner. And sure, now sure. we're going to have to move all of that around again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the interesting thing about this is, and I, I hope we find out, um, you know, I'd like to know why he's leaving. Is he even because of a program-related reason, or is he leaving because of a fan? That's a whole different discussion. If, if it, you know, he's got a, you know, family member sick or, or something like that, and he wants, you know, that's a, you know, you just get off the table and you say, okay, you stand and you move on. But is he leaving because, you know, he, you know, is this a, you know, people jumping off the ship before the ship sinks? That becomes a big concern. So, you know, kind of to circle back where we first started with the Tiger Woods thing, I want to let this one breathe a little bit and see what we find out about it. Because my, my take on it will be a lot different depending on the explanation. Yeah, I mean, Doug Haller tweeted that this wasn't good news, and I – I'm inclined to agree with that assessment. I mean, it's it's not good news regardless because you lose a player who you were counting on to be a contributor, a big contributor uh, for a group that needed a lot of help as it was. But I guess I'd just like to know why. You know, if he's leaving because, you know, he's disenchanted with the state of the program, that me is a lot more concerning on a big picture scale than, uh, you know, I'm homesick. Uh, you know, you wouldn't think somebody would get homesick after two years of being gone, but whatever. You know, if he's got a, a family situation, that's a different story that I, you know, it's still a tough blow, but it doesn't make you worry in the big picture of the program thinking, oh, man, why are we losing guys like, you know, sometimes those things happen. Yeah. Well, so, I, I'm sure there will be more to the story um, I mean, I hope so. Yeah, I, I hope we get the explanation. You know, ways I don't need every single, but um, yeah, I want to. I want to know how I feel about this one. And right now, I don't. It just caught me totally off guard when you texted me about it. I, I had to do a double take. Like, am I really reading this? Uh, what? Uh, I was very unexpected news. I mean, I actually thought that it was first a like a comment about Armand Perry. And, like, he had yeah. retweeted it because it opens, you know, with the cliched, I want to thank right. the coaches. So I thought he was just right. retweeting what Armand Perry wrote until I read it more closely. And then it's like, yeah. oh, no. So two guys who were projected to start in the secondary yeah. are out. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's making a big question mark, even just a little bit bigger. Um, you know, it's going to be big either way because, you know, as, as we said, those two guys that were projected to start, they were part of the group last year that was terrible. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's not like these two guys were going to solve all our problems. But, yeah, I mean, it's just going to require some more younger guys to step it up and, and require more of, of your scheme and your front seven and everybody else to kind of keep the gaps. I mean, you know, you, you need a pass rush. You need a good back play, which should be a strength for us hopefully this year. We've, we've said that the last couple of years. It hasn't quite materialized, but I'm still hopeful. Um, and you need, you, know, you need a scheme that can account for it. If you're weak at that spot, you got to scheme it up 
to cover that up as much as you can, and hopefully we can do that. Yeah. So uh, I didn't have a good joke. Um, well, that's all right. I feel like I let people down. I feel like that's all I feel right. like if you hung around this long, you know what? If you hung around this long, shoot me a text, hit us up on Twitter. I'll come up with something and I'll send it special to yep. you. Um, yeah. If you want. And if not, then, you know, that's okay, too. Because, yeah, I mean, I get yeah. that, as I said that, it, it sounded a lot creepier out loud than it did in my head. Right. So. Right, yeah. It, it kind of did, but that's okay. I mean, whatever. Look, man, it, it's Tuesday of a short week. I'm barely True. functional at this point um, because I'm just mortified by what the secondary is going to look like. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, yeah, it, uh. It hurts a little. There's well, and it might hurt more than a little, um, but yeah, it's it's a tough blow and a, and second one in a short amount of time. So we'll see. You know, I'll I'll talk myself into things by August, though. That's what I always do. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. We'll be back to talk about hockey and the NBA, and hopefully, no one else leaves the ASU defense. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll be back. It's a bad Matt Sportscast.